Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. It's been a little while, Jacob. I think I was in here a couple weeks ago, but it's nice to see well, you again. Well, that doesn't count. You're right. You run this podcast. Because Kyle wasn't here. Did you at least bring Kyle in? No, I think he was off on an assignment. Well, Kyle is off on assignment today. We're, we're going to miss the striker. Today being Thursday, the 19th of December, 2019, I'm Mike A-Race. Welcome to the show. Our crew beat writer, Jacob Myers, is here. And at the controls, per usual, is Patrick Flaherty. At the podfather, too. That's weak. The two is weak, Patrick. Jacob, let's get right to it. The biggest news of recent vintage, or really for some time now, because we've been talking about it for months, This was is the addition the acquisition of an attacking midfielder, number 10. This was the move that everyone was waiting for this offseason, and especially after the club announced they were not going to renew the contract of Federico Higuain. Yeah, the crew, uh, I was able to report, heard through multiple sources that 27-year-old Argentinian Lucas Zellerayan from Tigres and uh, Liga MX is coming to the crew for a club record transfer fee of more than $7 million. What was Santos's fee? A little over $2 million. Yeah. So uh, significant. Zella Rayan is on a three-year deal and a fourth-year option. And he will be, be reporting when? He will be here uh, for the start of training camp, so so right at the beginning. And uh, I, I think it, in terms of we talked about the timeline and when this might happen, it's great to get him in at the beginning of uh, training camp. And they've certainly made a lot of a lot of good moves, I think, from objectively, we could say, uh, to start the offseason or to start the preseason off well. They've, they've. Uh, it looks like they know what they wanted to do. Let's put it that way. Um, and let's stick with Zellerain for a minute here. Most crew fans would say, "Yay, Argentina!" Given the the lineage of uh, Argentine attacking mids that have that have graced the wonderful turf. At uh, I think that was something maybe the club thought about too, just in terms of that pedigree, keeping it there. I think they thought about a player, but uh, this sure. works, though. I mean, it, it has a certain um, a certain tune to it, a certain frequency uh, that that suits the ear. Um, but that's ancillary. The, the big question is, what do we know about him, and and how would you describe him if you can at this point, Jacob? Yeah, I have not watched uh, him a lot, other than some you know highlights on YouTube that circled quite a bit yesterday. In 139 appearances with Tigres, he scored 23 goals, 14 assists. Uh, and Tigres is a team that finished top three in Liga MX, team with a pretty big payroll, was their premier playmaker in that attacking mid position. Before that, he was at his home club in uh, Argentina, 77 appearances there, 10 goals, 6 assists. He's just a guy that they're going to play through in the offense exactly what you kind of want in attacking mid. Well, you know, we'll see how impactful he is. But for a player that costs, you know, $7 million or more, I would think they're probably getting a pretty good player. And what's the, uh, do we have an idea what his annual compensation is? I do not. I'm going to guess $2 million in, in that range. How about that? 
that's fine. I do think it is over the TAM threshold of the $1.5 million, so he can't be bought down with so TAM. We're talking about a, a designated player, are yeah, we not? Yeah, absolutely. And they have... And so what happens with DPs on this team? Right. So Milton Valenzuela is technically a young DP, but since he was on injured reserve last year, he didn't count. So at season's end, they had four. They had two young DPs in Luis Diaz and Milton Valenzuela and then Pedro Santos and Jossie Zardes. As far as I had known, and we talked about this throughout the year, all four are in pretty good situation to be bought down, meaning become non-designated players in just whatever they're making over the league maximum being 550 for guys like Zardes and Santos. The rest of that salary has to be paid with targeted allocation money. That's what bought down means. And as far as... Is val- every, everyone getting this out there? You got your TAM and GAM charts out? I should probably have one. Should I not? The league should sell some sort of device. You know, there's, there's Apple Watches now. There should be... There, you know, if you can have a smart watch and get your email on it, the, the MLS should have some sort of bracelet, at least, that, that has a tamo gamo meter. Probably a good market for that, Mike. Well, they missed Christmas. They well, missed the Christmas season. Luis Diaz and Milton Valenzuela, I think the majority of why they were considered young designated players is because of the transfer fees that uh, had to be paid in order to acquire them. And I, from what I understand is most of that was paid up front at the beginning um, of their deal. So all four... All people have to know is all four can be bought down, so making space for Zellerayan is not a problem. Well, good scoop by you. How does uh, it, there's a, there was another acquisition as well in this interim while we were away. Um, the the crew has, has signed a did they well tell us about the new center back Jacob. Yes, he's a Dutch center back. Vito Wormhor is how you pronounce the name. He uh, say, say again. Vito Wormhor. W O R M. In the pronunciation, that had an O-O- H, like H-O-O-R. Yeah. Okay. It looks like Wormgore, but I guess it's pronounced Wormhor. Uh, but yes, he's their fifth center back. That'll make for some TIFO. Oh, yeah. I I mean, it didn't take long for those guys in the Nordak to Moving have on. their minds spinning. Moving on. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. He, he's a guy who was captain last three years for a Norwegian club. Um, I think he'll come in right away. He's 31 years old. He played his entire career in Europe. He'll come come in right away and start next to Jonathan Mensah. He's a guy with good size and you know should at least make this back line a bit more formidable. And he knows Eloy Room, does he not? He does. He and Yunus Mokhtar, I believe all three have the same agent as well. But he said in a video posted to the team site that he saw Eloy come here and um, thought maybe it was a place for uh, for him and his family. Talked to Eunice and Eloy and it seemed to... Uh, you know, check off some things on his wish list. Eunice could become, uh, you know, at least a, some degree of legend here in, in Columbus. Uh, with your backing, Jacob, you, you were at the Blue Jackets game the other night, and uh, when someone shot it over the crossbar from close range, you said he mocked hard it. That is, that is all to get a, a laugh out of you, Mike. You well, were the first one to, to dub that. <laughs> <laughs> mocked as a verb, people. But what, first... 
what what have have you heard about uh, uh, their strategy in offseason acquisitions? Not heard. You've spoken to people. Uh, and how do you, how's the team fitting together at this point in terms of the, the picture they have in their eye for what they want to put on the field next year? Sure. I think the top need, obviously, was an attacking mid. They seem to have got their guy. Um, I think they probably want to shore up their winger spots. Right now they just have Santos, who I think will play the left wing with Mokhtar behind him and then Diaz on the right wing. So you only have three guys for two spots right now. Probably need to add some depth there. Uh, Nagby, we all kind of saw that coming, and that makes sense, just getting a good player that wanted to come here. And then center back was a, a need for them. So they have three deep at the left and right back positions once Chris Cadden gets here and Hector Jimenez can do both. And then they have five five center backs now when they only had three to uh, start the offseason because they added Axel Schuberg as well. So I think in t- just generally they got – the needs that they wanted and now they're going to try to fill out with depth i i would not be surprised easier either to see another striker uh, added just being a depth guy i don't know if jordan hamilton or jj williams have proven that they can be the number two well let's move up the field uh, from the back line uh we talked about the center backs um i'm interested to hear about the outside backs yeah i think it's going to look like milton valenzuela and then harrison awful how is this rehab as far as I haven't heard any hiccups on it, um, I'm, I'm talking about Valenzuela. Yeah, he's right. a young man, and hopefully healed well. Those knees are tough. It, rule of thumb at any age is it's going to take a year before you're yourself again or right. trust it. Right. There are th- some things to work through. So you do see, well, what what is the depth at at uh, at outside back? Outside back, well, starting at left back. Assuming Valenzuela is all healthy, which he was kind of running toward the end of the year, so I think he was at a really good stage there. You'll probably have Hector Jimenez as the backup left back, and then Waylon Francis there too. Right back, you'll have Harrison Awful, Chris Cadden, and I would assume Jimenez, if need be, could play right back as well. And the middle echelon? Be warm, warm whore. I got to get used to We got to come up with like a nickname. Just Vito. How about that? That's good. We'll start with Vito. We'll work on it. I'm sure that... Uh, Vito and Jonathan. I'm sure folks will weigh in on Twitter. Yeah. Vito Corleone. That, that's what came to my mind. That is Jacob... At Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25, by the way. Give him a follow. So Vito and Jonathan Mensa are going to probably be the starting center backs. And then you have Josh Williams, Abub Karkeda, and Axel Schuberg, who they got off waivers from Colorado as the three backups for two spots there. And in the middle? In the middle, you got three options for... I mean, you, this is where they have the most to kind of play with, either a 4-3-3 or just a 4-2-3-1 they stick with. Trap, Artur, and, and Nagby as the three guys there. And then moving up, you know, Santos, Zellerayan, Santos and Mokhtar, Zellerayan, and then Luis Diaz. And then you got Jossi Zardes as your striker. Now, this new attacking mid... Lucas Zellerian is 27 years old, which is uh, exciting. Yeah, I, if, if you're a, if you're a crew fan, I, I mean, I think this that's is probably this is an indication that this is a guy that they're investing in for a longer term rather than a shorter. Absolutely, it's not a 36 year old guy they they pulled out of uh, you know some uh, European league. Yeah, and I think this is probably one of the better case scenarios the club could have got. I was afraid maybe they would go for like a. 20-year-old or 21-year-old, not to say that person can't be effective right away. Looking to flip them. Yeah, exactly. But this is a, yeah. yeah. And this is a guy who's, you know, kind of in his prime. I think it's showing that they 
they want to win now as much as they can and not work to develop a guy with a with a high ceiling. Hmm. Well, they're going to have to get off to a better start than they did last year. And speaking of that, Jacob, just today the uh, crew's schedule was released. What 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 struck you first? Struck me first is so we knew with Inter Miami two games against them being in the Eastern Conference and Nashville coming into the West, there would be three teams in non-conference play that each club would not face. So there'd be 10 of 13 teams the crew would face. LAFC and the LA Galaxy are two of those that the crew will not face. And those would probably be on the road because they were home last year. San Jose is the other, and that would be at home. But no LAFC, obviously, big part of that schedule because they were you know, shield winners last year. The crew did not win the shield, Mike, in case you were wondering. Yes. And then another thing. That's, that's a shame, Jacob. Front-loaded schedule uh, a little bit. They have six of the first nine games at home, which was basically the case last year. That's March through April. They had six home games last year and this year. Pa- Patrick had him winning the shield, right? I can't remember. Uh, that, was, that was you. I mean, I definitely said it six games in. Do you want to just call Vito Warmhor the shield so you can take that off your back? No, I have. Or would that still conjure it? I haven't deserved it yet to take that off my back. We'll make we'll make that determination. Yeah, yeah, you should. Uh, the first thing that struck me about the schedule was uh, there's only two winter games, and one of them starts at twelve thirty. Lovely. So there's an improvement already. Um, uh, the opener is Saturday, March the first, against New York City FC at Moffray Stadium. That's the home opener and the season opener, and that's a twelve thirty p.m. game. And then you know it's it's not nearly as brutal as it has been there's a uh, game three is a five o'clock home game game five is a four o'clock home game that would be april 4th game six is a seven thirty home game but at least it's april 11th it's it might be you know maybe it won't be snowing and then um the last two games of april are uh the 25th and 29th they're both home games philadelphia and uh, minnesota united fc and then it gets into a kind of a rhythm. It is front-loaded again with home games, relatively speaking, but not nearly as punitively as it was in recent season when the league was trying to kill the franchise. Last season, they ended the year with five of seven on the road. I think they have four of their last seven at home this year. So it's not totally uneven. I would say it's it's fairly even. You're going to have your stretches here or there. But that first five games you look at, they play four teams. The only team of those five that didn't host a home playoff game as Nashville, which is in their first year of the season. So you got New York City at Seattle, Real, and Toronto at home. So that's a good stretch of competition to start out. Um, As far as some other highlights, their Wednesday home games are not going to be the top draws like you had Rooney and Zlatan at home last year. Right, right. Minnesota, which should be their first time here. Or when was their first season? 2017? And they would have played at Moffray, I believe. So Wednesday, they, uh, April 29th, is Minnesota, and then shortly after that, May 27th, they have Vancouver at home. So not necessarily your top home draws, uh, which is good to see. You have your weekend games that are going to get more of the top draws. Another highlight is July 1st, Wednesday game, uh, 10.30, the Caleb Porter return to Portland game ah. at, at Providence Park. And then they uh, end the season at Atlanta at Inter-Miami. Yeah, in October. I mean, you want that Miami game you know, in March. But uh, the home Miami game is uh, Sunday, July the 5th. And the the Hell is Real is uh, is rejoined 
on Sunday, July 19th at Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati. That's an 8 o'clock game on Sunday, July 19th. And then um, about six weeks later, uh, Cincinnati's here. Saturday, August 22nd at Moffray Stadium. That's a 7.30 game, Saturday, August 22nd. It's the second year in a row the crew do not have a home televised game as well. They're only, to- they're only nationally televised game. Sorry, should have corrected that. The only national televised game is at Cincinnati, as you just mentioned, as of now. Well, you got they have to win to change that. Right, yeah, and that can change throughout the year. Jacob, you got it. Do you have anything else that you, you would like to address? We're, we're keeping this brief today. The Patrick has uh, has overstacked the schedule for the, for the studio here, um, and he's putting a squeeze on us. So uh, anything else you want to add to this uh, before we have to sign off? That's kind of it. Uh, we're getting ever closer to the start of the season, even though it felt like it just ended. When does uh, when does the place on High Street open? I walked by it today. The Experience Center. Yeah, I haven't gotten a date. All I last I checked in was probably three weeks ago, and they said going to have to push that back. So, and, and have, it's almost Christmas now. Have you dropped by the the stadium site in the arena district? I drive by it about every day, coming from the west side, and a lot of machinery over there. That's, that's about my expert analysis on the site. I did speak recently with someone from uh, Nationwide Realty Investors, and I won't say how I posed the question. It was uh, somewhat crassly, but in good humor, I hope. And the answer was, yes, the the land has been transferred. <laughs> like recently, you asked this question? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's done. Although, I mean, I was half joking, and I wasn't like pressing him for information. Uh, but, uh, yes, the, the land has been transferred to the best of my knowledge. At least this is according to someone who would know. So, with that, hallelujah, and uh, thank you for joining us here on the Soccer Speak Easy. I'm at Michael A. Race 1 for at Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25. The, we need a nickname. No, we just call you The Shield. Yeah. And at the Podfather 2, Patrick Flaherty, our producer. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, Jacob's always raring to go. Oh, the young boys. Patrick, kick us out of here. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.